new product releases, box breaks, shiny stuff, official rookie cards, and much more. Ultra modern wrestling cards have completely changed the game. But is it for the better? Stick around and find out on today's episode. What's up wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards. Got a little bit of a different setup today and a little bit more of a hurry to get this podcast out to you. So I apologize if there's any kind of audio inconveniences or random noises like dogs running around or echoing or anything in the background, but I'm doing the best I can here with the time I've got. With the most recent sale of the Prism Black 1 of 1 Rock and it being the highest price ever for a wrestling card, also getting mainstream publication buzz, it has to go down in the history books as a date that will live on in infamy. But it got me thinking about ultra-modern wrestling cards and what that segment has done for the wrestling card hobby overall. And I thought sharing my thoughts about it would make for a good podcast episode, so here we are. But before we get into that, just a quick reminder of how you can help show your support for the content that I'm creating. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Spread the word about this podcast about wrestling cards with anybody you think would care. And don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for all the other ways you can help show your support for my content. Links to the YouTube channel, which is my main hub for content. Links to my eBay store, social media, Patreon, and much more. So let's first lay the groundwork for Ultra Modern Wrestling Cards and what they've done for the wrestling card hobby overall. But stick around to the end of this, because then I'll give my opinions on what I think Ultra Modern Cards have done overall for wrestling cards. And whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. So when I first got super heavy into collecting wrestling cards several years back, it was clear what people were collecting and what they were focusing on. Wrestling All-Stars, other rare vintage cards, trying to come up with true rookie cards or first appearances wherever they may pop up, such as 90s sets, food issue products, magazine cutouts, etc. But I would say we really started seeing things change with the release of 2020 Topps Chrome WWE and Finest. While we had Chrome before 2020, I think that was the year that really opened people's minds to the possibility of wrestling cards. And I say that because there's a segment of collectors in the wrestling card space that lean more towards modern talent, and that's the kind of people they want to collect. Let's face it, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Steve Austin, these are very popular names, as I mentioned at the start of the show with The Rock being the highest selling wrestling card of all time with that prison black. But let's face it, some of those names from the past, people either don't know as well, and they don't want to take the time to go back and learn about, or even if they did that, they're just not as interested in them S.A. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, uh, Sami Zayn, you name it. But that crowd of people also tend to lean more towards cards with shiny features, numbered cards, manufactured scarcity. And when Panini took over the license, the floodgates were open for that sort of thing. I will also say that Upper Deck producing cards for AEW around this same time definitely helped out of that as well because they have a lot of those same parallels. And by parallels, I mean the low number, the autograph, Not necessarily actual colored parallels, although there are gold parallels in both of those products. A little bit different, though. And since those 2022 new licensed products were released, we've had more people come into the wrestling card hobby than ever before. And while many people saw the overall hobby boom in, say, 2020, maybe late 2019, wrestling cards really exploded in 2022. And that's even with all of the other hobby markets generally down. But why? Why has wrestling cards sustained that if not grown? And when I say sustain, I mean overall. Obviously, there's some wrestling card prices that have gone down, but I'm just talking overall popularity, the people actually active in the hobby and in the communities. The diehard loyalty to their favorite talents, eras, or companies, 
and not mention just being collectors of wrestling stuff at heart. That's in line more with a traditional wrestling fan who is always willing to spend more money and show their alliances towards what they like. While card values and grades are important, many of these newer collectors want the cards for what they are because many of them are truly rare due to manufacturer scarcity. But also besides that, just the sheer amount of straight up collectors is higher than it's ever been thanks to modern wrestling cards. I think another reason Ultra Modern has become so popular is because it allows collectors to get creative with curating those PC items. In the past, for the most part, you had base sets, you had your inserts, and occasionally you'd have stuff like relics or autos or sometimes a level or two of parallels. And in the case of some cards released prior to 1990, you pretty much just had the base cards and occasionally a sticker set. But the things people have done with Ultra Modern Wrestling cards is truly amazing. These new sets have allowed Super Collectors to take it to another level with all the different parallels released. Speaking of parallels, we've seen some amazing color match projects put together by collectors. It's just really fun to see the different ways that people can collect in these, with these newer sets and the things that they're putting together and coming up with. And then that in turn is inspiring other people to then say, okay, well, they're doing that with that talent. I want to do it with my favorite talent. Or, well, they're doing that with this and nobody's really doing this over here, so I'm going to start doing that. It's just an inspirational thing to see. Now let's talk about pricing. I mean, obviously the Rock Prism 1 of 1 selling for more than any other wrestling card in history, that pretty much says it all. The facts are the facts. There is a segment of wrestling card collectors out there that just can't seem to come to grips with this, but it is what it is. And that's really interesting to me because going back on one of my previous statements in this podcast, I talked about how vintage and rookie cards ruled the collecting world when it comes to wrestling cards, for the most part. But that's all changed. From a value and pricing perspective, Golds and one-of-ones have really taken over as the go-to cards to own of your favorite superstar. And we even have people out there putting together sets of just gold, or maybe they're just trying to collect the one-of-one cards. I think that's great, and again it goes back to my prior statement about how ultra-modern wrestling cards have given people a wide variety of ways to collect. But it's interesting that we've seen prices on the truly rare and sought-after ultra-modern wrestling cards generally continue to either stay the same or go up. While many of the other cards that used to be the top of the pyramid, so to speak, in the wrestling card world, those have slowly slipped down somewhat in pricing, but even more so in the popularity of those cards. So where do I stand overall on modern wrestling cards? While I like both, I think it's important to zoom out a little bit and put all biases aside. I've stated before many times, 82-83 Wrestling All-Stars, my favorite wrestling card set of all time. And while there is a lot of demand and fanfare for that set overall, I'm also realistic to the fact and completely understand that it's not appealing to a lot of newer collectors. Be it the talent involved in that set or the design of the cards and people thinking they're kind of bland and hey, if people don't like those sets, it's perfectly okay. Just like in sports where we see a lot of people wanting the newer, younger stars in newer, flashy products. The differences with that, though, is that most of the ultra-modern wrestling card collectors, again, they want the cards for the sake of having the cards. They're not necessarily looking to flip them or aren't, quote, invest bros. On the flip side, if we're making the comparison, I think we've seen many vintage cards stay the course and not take as much of a nosedive in value as we have seen in some of the other ultra-modern sports. I think it's all just really a case-by-case basis, though, and it's hard to give an overall blanket statement when it comes to this topic. But I can say, as a set collector of the signed Wrestling All-Stars and a Carrying Cross Super Collector, I've seen my interest change between the two. While the Wrestling All-Stars needs that I have in that set are always in the back of my mind and always I'm looking at the checklist and looking at my save searches, 
They aren't constantly popping up. So I have to be more patient and wait on those. And sometimes that means that that set for me and my search results is kind of out of sight, out of mind, if that makes sense. And I have to question if that same effect is affecting other people in other segments, specifically of older wrestling cards, and the people that are trying to collect them. If they're out of sight, out of mind, are they losing interest in those sets? But there's more modern stuff to chase and a lot newer modern sets, so they keep going after those and then kind of throw the vintage stuff by the wayside. I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. And on the flip side of this, with Carrying Cross now being in Panini products, I've had a ton to chase down. And the more I build out that Cross Super Collection, the more of fun that I'm having with it and the more that my focus is actually going towards that PC. And I think that's kind of what's happened with a lot of people in Ultra Modern Wrestling overall. It's grabbing people's attentions, it's getting them hooked on a variety of products, it's given the collectors a variety of way to collect and curate what they want, and it's giving it to them at a variety of levels when it comes to a price point perspective. What do you think of Ultra Modern Wrestling card products overall and how they have affected, whether that's good or bad, the overall wrestling card hobby or the general hobby overall? Because as we're seeing more sports cards or non-sport fans get into wrestling cards with a lot of these Prism releases or Select or Impeccable or you name it. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can reach out to me on social media. Again, the links to that are in the show notes. And while you're checking out those links, again, check out all the ways you can help show your support for my content. More content over on the Wrestling With Cards YouTube channel. Check out my eBay store, check out Patreon, and much more in the show notes. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to today's episode. I greatly appreciate you and your support. If today's episode brought you some value, please hit that subscribe button, leave a review, share it with a friend, and until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun, whether that's ultra-modern wrestling cards or whether it's old vintage wrestling cards. As long as you're supporting wrestling cards and you're having fun doing it and you're part of the community, lifting people up, having fun. Until next time, we'll see you.